I'm not. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's just get started because, like, obviously, I mean, a lot. There's a lot to say. Um, welcome to the Tunnel Club uh, post game reaction show. Uh, TFC lose to the Vancouver Whitecaps one nil uh, in Vancouver. <laughs> Sean, where do you want to start? Um, I, look, I, I, you know, hey, you know what? Let's start where we can actually critique the team. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, and that's the penalty. That's let's pause his, you know, his weak ass penalty. And it's not the first time he's done kind of these weak. You know, like I need a. I want to see someone who's taking a penalty, who's hammering in the back of the net, who puts fear in. The keeper who's, you know, because keepers know he likes to play these games. So if you kind of like don't don't fall into his trap, there's a good chance you're going to make a save off of his penalties. Yeah. It's not the first like him. And, and I think I, I've had enough of it. Like I, I, I t- me and you were texting and I said I had a gut feeling before and it was just like I was thinking in my head like, cannot, can Jimenez not take it? Is there not somebody else? Because I just did not feel confident before he even lined up. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we get into the controversy, um, first of all, we have a special uh, drop-in guest. Rachel Dory has joined us. Hey, Rachel, how you doing? What's I, happening? Oh, man, you were there. You were in Vancouver. I'm watching. Well, I'm here Vancouver. because of job. Yes, of oh, job. <laughs> but you were at the match uh, today. Um, so obviously, I know you got a lot to say. Sean has a lot to say. I know people in the room are going to have a lot to say. Um, but let's really quickly just go over the actual match itself because there was football that was actually played. Um, look, I, I think in the first half, I, there, there's incur- again, we, we kind of have this re- reoccurring theme in the show where, um, you know, we're talking about positive, positive stuff that is happening around the club. And, and I think, you know, in that first half, you know, I think there was positive stretches where TFC had possession. Um you know, and, and we're able to get on the ball and, and control things a bit. There's arguments that, you know, maybe Vancouver were maybe creating a little bit more on the, on the counter, and that was part of the plan. Um, but that's kind of what I saw in that first half. Before we get into the penalty and the take and all that, Rachel, you were there at BC Place. Maybe just give us a couple of just a quick jot notes on just what you thought um, about that first half before we get into the second half and the decision. Yeah, like I actually thought, given that the the back line was kind of a lot of young guys and just in general the lineup was a lot of young guys today, um, I actually thought that they played pretty well. Like the back line looked decently organized. There was no evidence of gross miscommunications at the back and I was sitting close enough that I could actually hear them talking. Um, and so I actually thought it was a really positive step for guys like Lucas and Caden and um, to have that experience because I, I really did think they defended pretty well. Like it looked pretty organized at the back. They were not missed assignments. That goal was very offside, but in general, I, especially in the first half, I thought they were pretty good in possession. Um, there weren't a bunch of grave errors made. And so for me, I thought at least for the young kids, it was a pretty positive step in that a lot of times, like the, the goals that TFC have given up this year have been because the back line has been, disorganized at times and I I thought that they took a positive step today um, because I don't think you can say that there were any enormous errors by the back line yeah uh, you know I think overall the team was pretty organized you know and hey look we're, we're we were playing the last place team in major league soccer in all of major league soccer West 
Western Conference, Eastern Conference, doesn't matter, bottom of the table. Um, so maybe to be somewhat expected, but I think, you know, out there in TFC land, and look, you, you may have a different view on it than I did. You know, I, I think it was one of those things where I wasn't quite sure what we were going to see from this team, considering they're coming off two pretty deflating kind of losses to a team they thought they could get some points off of. Um, but in that first half, they looked good. I mean, it, good considering the amount of players this team is down at. It, it can't be stressed enough how many first team, like legit first teamers are missing out of this lineup. And I can go through the whole list, but I think you all know who they are. It's pretty obvious. Um, essentially, you're playing TFC 1.5. It's not quite two. It's not quite the first team. Um, but it was, it was uh, you know, I think you saw some bright things out of Jaden. I thought, you know, overall, uh, I got some complaints about Alejandro Pozuelo, but I thought at least in that first half, he was connecting and, and doing well. Um, and I thought DeAndre Kerr looked um, pretty solid. And, uh, you know, I, I thought you got some decent performances out of players who are, you know, deputizing, playing out of position, et cetera. Um, Sean, just wanted to get your thoughts on that first half. Um, before we get in, I know you're, you're kind of hot about the penalty, um, but let's, let's, let's sort of talk about the play in general before we get into that. Okay. You are, you're, you guys are both right. In general, um, the play, the first half play was very, you know, you can compare to the last two games versus FC Cincinnati it was uh, much. Uh, it was a good improvement. I was impressed to see how they were playing. How Jaden Nelson played much better this week than he did last week. DeAndre Kerr. It was probably one of his better games so far that I've seen him out there. So I was impressed with how they were moving the ball. How they were. How the, defensively they were holding their uh, holding it together. They weren't making too many mistakes. Um, we didn't have to have too many panic moments from the keeper side. So from the first half perspective for. Overall, regardless of the one it thing, yes, I was happy. Yeah, um, and, and look, I, you know, we'll we'll kind of get into it because I like the talking point is a talking point. I think it's going to dominate um, the show here. But uh, penalty uh, comes through, in, you know, in in that first half. To me, pretty straightforward. Um, I know they went to VAR. Um, I kind of feel for Vasilinovich in that sense. Like, you know, what do you do with your hands in that position? I, you know, I've been in that position before. Like, what do you do with your hands? I get it. Um, but it's a penalty. And you, look, you, you see Alejandro Pozuelo go up for a penalty. And Sean, I know, you know, you and I were texting throughout the game and just, you know, especially at that moment and talking about it. But you pretty, you're, you're pretty confident with him going up there. Like, when has he really, you know, gone up and taken a penalty? And you're thinking, you know, he's he's not going to find a way to roll it in. That said, ooh. That might have that. That is by far the worst penalty I think we've ever seen him take. Yes, definitely the worst. Like, but like I said, maybe it was just my gut telling me today he should not have been the one taking it. Like, I just knew it was not going to go well. I think it's. You know? I think it becomes a moot point in July though, because I think that twenty four is probably yes. taking the spot at that point. Um, yeah, but it was like seeing it live. It was really, really poor. Like, really poor. Like, not even close and, to the corner. Like, normally he's pretty good at sticking them in the corners, right? If he's going to roll. And I don't know. Or straight the camera, down the center. I don't know if the camera showed it, but I saw it. Him and as his face, when he was kind of told, like, okay, pause is taking the kick, was pretty telling. Mm. 
Like it was, it was pretty telling. He's hot, right? Like he's one yeah. of the MLS top scorers. He's got goals in few straight. I mean, why wouldn't you give it to him? Yeah, I can kind of understand it. Look, like he's been the penalty taker since he got here, right? Since 2019, he's got he's been the penalty taker, and generally, you know, he has a good conversion record. Right? He has a very good conversion record um, from the spot. So you're, uh, and I mean, how many? I, I, Sean, you may have had that feeling that it may not have been his day at the spot, but. You know, he goes up there and you don't think he's going to do that. Like, that's the, like, honestly, right. I, I thought, okay, maybe if he tries the Panenka, it doesn't work. Or maybe he does try to roll in the corner and his hall makes a save. But you just don't think it's going to be that bad. Like, it was a pass. Agreed. It was it was a basic, Agreed. it was a basic pass that you would try to maybe, or a through ball that you're trying to put in, put somebody in behind. But, it, I mean, the camera angle... Rachel, from the TV perspective, did not make it look much better. Um, yes, I, I personally saw a few of the TFC players' faces. Just, you know, woo, you know, and, and, that, and you needed that. I think in that moment when you were on top and you were, you know, creating opportunities and starting to look like you can find a way through against, you know, Vancouver, you know, having a goal at that moment, I think you're off to the ascendancy. I think they may go off and win this game, at, you know, if you get that goal. Um, but, you know, you don't. Um, and you kind of you kind of see a, a moment, you know, after that, Vancouver kind of gets themselves back into the game a little bit. Uh, and, and you you know, you go into the half thinking you should be up one. Like you you should be up one. That maybe this is not our day again. And, and, and you know, they're, especially with young players, um, I wonder if that became a factor. Yeah, like I think it could be deflating. You have young kids, but to me, at the end of the day, like I thought that they they went into half, like it was fine. I thought they responded well. They came out in the second half. They they scored. Let's call it what it is. They scored. Um, and not only are we not using VAR correctly in what it's supposed to be used for, we also just aren't using it at all anymore. And that to me is. Like, I think if that goal counts as it should, you've got a young player who's now scored uh, and that kind of gives everybody a jolt. And and so for me, you're kind of off and running at that point. It's a good response after whatever that penalty kick was going into half. And so for me, having that chalked off was kind of, it was very deflating and the body language could tell, you could tell it was, it changed. They were frustrated. Yeah. It, I mean, okay. okay, let's go into it. Um, I'm trying to measure my words a little bit um, because, again, we've seen no, this. this they well, up, like, they well I mean, we are. Yeah. We've all, everyone who's watched that game, especially if you watch, uh, I mean, I don't know about being, being there, Rachel, but when we saw it live um, show the replay and they actually show a mo- the moment when um, Jade Nelson kicks the ball and when, uh, um, the keeper's hand is just about to reach. There's a split second where you see Nelson gets to it just before. So and he, the keeper at no point has full control of the ball. I'm a keeper. I was going to say this. So what I noticed, and I'm now going to have to go and ask the people at BMO Field about it. They show replays in BC Place. We saw the replay about four times. And I happened to be sitting uh, in the friends and family section. And there were Vancouver, like, family members that were kind of like, oh, this is going to count. Like, everybody who knew a single thing about soccer knew that that should have and was going to count. 
to the point where like I like yes he was injured and there was concern about that rightfully so in the friends and family section but when they showed the replay there were people that were very clearly family members that were like damn this is going to count because he didn't have the ball and so I was like interesting one they're showing the replay two waiting for VAR to step in here because very clearly it's going to very telling was John Conway on the bench because he's the keeper coach and he kind of was like, he didn't really have it. Like you could kind of see he was looking at it. All the TFC players. So for me, I look at it and I'm like, okay, you've shown the replay. It's quite obvious. What are we doing here? Like just because you get hurt doesn't mean it doesn't count. Yeah. I mean, look, my, my thing here, and, and this is a, this is a thing about VAR. It's a thing about pro referees. I, I just, how do you, wh- like, what is the point of VAR if you're going to have a second person? And I don't know. And like, again, maybe Rachel, you would have had uh, a view of this in the, in the stands because we obviously don't get it on TV. But if VAR is looking at that, how in the world, as a, as a pro referee who is trained and certified you know, by the USSF or Canada Soccer, if they, wherever they, that crew's from, I think they're mainly American. Yeah. How in the world do you think Thomas Hassall has control of that ball? How? Well, somebody, so, like some, I'm sorry, Rachel, I, I, I'm, I'm slightly going to rant only because I kind of just need to do this and I normally don't do, do this on the show. Go so off. I apologize. I'm not allowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris, I do see you're going to request a mic, so I'm going to bring you in in a second, man. Hang on. Hang on. you have a the the whole point of var right when when var first was introduced and and thought of as a concept everybody's like yes you know part of the crowd was like look you take away from these kind of conversations where yes it's a controversial call but these are talking points and that is the bread and butter and lifeblood of the game but at the same time the idea of var was to come in and correct things like this where, yes, I can understand a referee in a split second when these guys are as fit as they're ever going to be in their life, running as fast as they're ever going to be in their life, making these incredible plays as athletes. Yes, in that moment, you might miss that play. The idea is that VAR comes in and and in a clear and obvious situation makes the correct call because they have the opportunity to take a breath, slow things down, and say, is this right or wrong? How in God's name... Do you look at that and say, oh, yeah, but of course he had control of the ball. Like, one hand out does not, one, equal control of the ball. And two, he doesn't actually even have his hand on the ball when Jaden hits it. And I get he gets injured. And, of course, you never want to see somebody get injured. He had to come off. I'm not even sure that the contact from Jaden's foot actually creates the injury. Right? I think he actually rolls kind of his hand on the ball very awkwardly. Um, I think it's more the impact of the ball. I think it's the impact. Yes. I think the, impact I, of the, ball, right. the impact of the ball because he doesn't have control of it. Like, that, 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 <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, sorry. All right, let's, let's go back to a regular show. My apologies. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, uh, you did the rant today. I'll keep quiet for the rest of the show because there's nothing more to say. Because um, <laughs> pretty much you nailed it. Like, And I'm pretty sure everyone here who watched that it feels the exact same way. Like, w- like what? What just, what happened? 
Well, it, it, look, it, it, and these happen in, like, I watch a lot of MLS games, out of market, not TFC games. And this happens so many times in Major League Soccer, where where either the referee overturns VAR, right? Like, they just won't either, either go over and look at it, or they go and look at it and they overturn VAR. Or VAR, uh, you know, in the communication between the VAR, the fourth official, or the, not the fourth official, sorry, the, the VAR referee, the control room, and the the main referee on the pitch, there was a consensus that they're just not going to look at something, right? And and that and that to me is frustrating, right? Like there's because there's no consistency in what that should be or what that shouldn't be. You know, did they really look at it? Like, did they really look at it? I mean, <laughs> you know, me, the, or the solution is, and this is like maybe the only thing I enjoy about the NFL is that every touchdown is reviewable. Like, it's reviewed to make sure that it should actually count and it follows the rules. Because when VAR was introduced, like you said, Mike, it was for clear and obvious errors, which is the same reason it was introduced in hockey. And now we're at a point in both sports and specifically in soccer where VAR is used to overturn a millimeter of offside, but we can't even get something like this right. So now we're at the point where we're getting a millimeter worth of offside, maybe or maybe not correct, but we're not getting the clear and obvious stuff correct. And that is the problem. Because to me, if you're going to score a goal in soccer where it's much harder to score goals, you need to make sure that it counts. And so if that means you have to tack on an extra minute so that you were reviewing to make sure that it's a proper goal and everything is fine then you need to do that, especially in yeah. a situation like this, because yeah, that like, is I, what it's for. Exactly, right? I, I know a lot of leagues around the world don't want VAR to take a lot of time because people get frustrated, especially because no one is fully sure what's being checked, all that. Who cares, right? Like, I, I get people are going to boo and get upset because it may take an extra minute or two, but you have to get it right, right? It costs this team potentially three points, but a, a point, maybe, okay? Like, I actually... At least one, right? I actually have no problem with the, with the Vancouver goal. I actually thought, for the most part, it was onside. Um, so I don't really have a problem too much with that. I know some people do, and you grab the mic if you feel that way. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that this potentially costs TFC some valuable points that they need right now. Like, it, it, I know it's early, and people are going to say, it's still early, it's still early. Well, it's 11 games now, right? Like, that's that's enough That's enough time in a, what, a 28-game season? Like, you 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 need to – these have to be done right. Um, and, and you know, I'll, I'll always be the one who puts my hand up and say, if TFC play like shit, you know, fine, right? Like, they, they play like shit, okay? Uh, they did not deserve the L today. They did not deserve an L today. They really didn't. I know the penalty, and I know that – they don't go out and 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 maybe dominate games as we're kind of used to doing in this sort of post-2015 era. But they did not deserve to lose this game today. And I think they actually legitimately got screwed out of a result today. And I, and, and I see why Bob Bradley's mad. I'm mad. I know a lot of, a lot of listeners are mad. Chris is probably mad. He's got his hand up. So, Chris, I'm going to shut up for a moment and let you speak. Go ahead and unmute yourself and give us your thought. Um, I actually think um, VAR before the season, MLS set a good standard for VAR, where only the clear and obvious stuff was being reviewed. But for this, for some reason, this season, um, especially early on, it seemed like we switched to a more like Premier League style of VAR, where 
we were reviewing every little thing. Um, and I'm not sure if perhaps the reason why VAR didn't want to get involved is it didn't want to overstep the ref or, or whatever. Um, obviously, VAR did do the correct job in awarding us the penalty. I'm not sure how the referee did miss that because it was pretty obvious it was a handball. The hand was way up in the air um, and he pretty much punched the ball. So I'm not sure how the ref missed that. Um, but uh, VAR did his job then. Um, the only thing I can think of is um, VAR um, just didn't want to overstep. Um, I know um, VAR can review files leading up to a goal, but can VAR remove a file leading up to a goal? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, probably they can, but um, I think can. maybe they VAR have, just didn't want to get that. They have, so they can't. I think VAR just didn't want to get involved for some reason, whatever it being. Um, and they, But it, it's so strange because the ref did not indicate anything until Hassel starts rolling on the ground. I understand he's injured, but basically the ref is like, oh, he's injured. Oh, no goal. Like, surely you should blow it right away if it's a no goal. Or I, I, I don't understand. Like, it's like the injury uh, has... Uh, influence the referee when it shouldn't uh like to me he got injured by the ball hitting his hand after nelson kicked it um and i understand nelson did hit him with some of his follow-through but he got the ball first so it doesn't matter what happens in the follow-through unless the, the goalkeepers are so protected you're not allowed to touch them anymore um even if you get the ball um it was frustrating um i think um it was probably probably deserved a draw, to be honest. I think that would have been a fair result. Um, I think both teams had their moments of who was the best team. Um, but yeah, it, it just far this season has been very frustrating for me because it's it's either they're doing too much or they're doing too little. They set a good standard, in my opinion, before the season. I have no idea what's going on this season. Um, as for, I don't really have any questions or anything. It's just. I, when I saw the lineup and I saw our bench, I kind of expected this. Um, we need signings. We need five or six signings in the summer just so we can have some depth because we get a couple of injuries and it's essentially TFC2 on the bench with some TFC. Oh, did we lose Chris there for a sec? I oh. think so. Yeah, we might have lost Chris there. Uh, Chris, I'm going to move you back into the audience. Um, if you want to rejoin, feel free. I'm going to bring Thundercat in to, to talk. But uh, Chris, you know, he has a point there. Um, you know, yes, we do need reinforcements. I think they're coming, um, obviously, in July. But um, look, I, I think overall, um, today's a frustrating day because I thought a lot of those young players actually did show themselves well in fact if anything i thought some of the senior players um weren't all that great today um but you know i i just feel bad for some of those young players i think they they earned they did enough to earn a result today um but they kind of just got a they they got a little screwed um uh thundercat please go ahead unmute yourself and uh, give us your thought hi everyone thanks for letting me on so uh yeah, a lot was said there about that VAR, so I don't want to really add to it because I agree with a lot of it. I think um, the one thing I'll add is what I think makes it like all the more frustrating uh, the previous um, 
speaker kind of touched on is VAR in general has been pretty frustrating this year. I agree. And um, <clears throat> I think the thing that uh, makes it just a little bit more frustrating is there's been two times where pro has come back and uh, retroactively red carded us. <laughs> and yet, you know, something like this, like, so they can go about and do that. But then when it's a, you know, pretty clear and obvious error on a goal, like that's never going to come back in our favor, right? At most, you might get an apology, maybe. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's all I'm going to touch on that because I think we're all uh, miffed enough. But um, I think overall, you know, play-wise was a touch better. Um, they maybe marginally outplayed Vancouver. Yeah, they definitely deserved some kind of result. Um, I want to touch back on the Pozuelo PK. I think maybe... We just kind of forget, but from my memory, Pozuelo's PKs are pretty generally not very strong or neither of our shots. Like he's never been one to, you know, really put a lot of power behind anything. It's always like kind of pass it into the corners, um, make good plays, maybe a little bit of a curl, but he's never had that really dynamic finishing. And I think we kind of, you know, forget that. And it just, again, makes it all the more frustrating when the team's not playing well. But I don't really, you know, what was he, 12 straight or something? It was something, I remember uh, Martin Bailey, I saw the tweet quickly, but like, he's been perfect so far from the PK spot, I think. And, you know, his first myths, it was pretty, you know, from my memory, the same sort of shots he always takes. Um, I don't know, please correct me if, if you remember differently, please. No, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. And Sean, you've, you've mentioned this before, so I may let you take this point um, because you've mentioned the fact that, you know, he doesn't really, yeah, he doesn't put a lot of steam in a lot of shots, but generally he outwits goalkeepers on, on penalties. Yeah, yeah. Even, even that late game, um, you know, where, where uh, the Vancouver goalie came back and, and stopped them again, right? Um, right before the Nelson goal, I think that was, right? Uh, like he's never been dynamic in that way. And yeah, I think maybe it would have been better to, you know, in hindsight, it's always easy to turn around and say, um, Jesus should have taken that, that shot. And I, I think generally that probably should have been what it was just because he's been so hot and he is your number nine, but I guess Pozuelo kind of drew that penalty kind of sort of. So maybe that's why he took it. Like, you know, that's neither here or there. So he's the designated penalty take, right? <laughs> like that's the thing. And, 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 um, and again, Sean, I want to get your thoughts on this in terms of sort of this whole Pozuelo. I, I'm not calling penalty gate. Like, he's a designated taker. He has been the designated taker pretty much since the day he arrived. Whether that should be a good thing or not, I can leave that up to debate for the room. Wow, that's deservedly but, so. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> that, and that, was, that was my point earlier, right? Like, my point earlier is that generally when he goes up to that spot, he generally does not miss. I think he's only missed maybe two penalties previously. Um, you know, uh, so I, you know, out of the, I think he's taken over 20 penalties for TFC. So, you know, I think from that perspective, um, you, you, you don't think he's going to go up there and essentially try a through ball, you know, for a penalty, um, that is nowhere near the corner. Um, I mean, Thomas Assault could have basically kind of pitched a cot in where he was going <laughs> to go. Like he read him all the way. Um, so that's embarrassing. Uh, Sean, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, well, all I'll say on that is that I, I think the only reason I think he probably took it right now is because maybe they wanted him to kind of get, you know, get goal, get get that funk going or that goal scoring going. Um, but I just feel you got to go with a hot, your hot striker. 
you know, Jimenez has just been been giving us what we need when it comes to goals. Why would you not go with him, right? Yeah, you know, everyone, you guys are all right. He he's essentially almost always perfect from the the spot. But like I told you, my gut said it wasn't the right right choice, and we saw what happened. I just think sometimes, you know, like in the past, I think everyone can agree that's probably one of TFC's biggest weaknesses that outside of pause and prior to that, outside of, say, when we had Javinko, like we've been weak when it comes to the penalty spot. We've never had that one, that that player that always puts fear in the other team. Javinko was pretty oh, bad at the you, PK spot. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I'll put it this way. And again, you know, people know I'm a Josie fan. Josie went up when he rarely took penalties, but when he did, he barely missed, right? Like yeah. he, he barely yes. missed penalties. But of course, he was playing with Javinko, so Javinko was always going to take the penalties. But right. uh, I do think, yeah, I, I agree. I do think you need to find, uh, I mean, again, this will become a moot point, as Rachel said. And by the way, Rachel had to jump off because, you know, she's way too important for this show. She's got <laughs> Canucks stuff, stuff to do with the Vancouver Canucks. But, um, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I, that will become moot once Insignia gets here because he's taking the penalties, right? So, um, you know, but up until then, I, I do think you need to find another potential penalty taker, whether right. that's Jimenez or somebody that we're not thinking of. Like maybe maybe Jaden Nelson is actually good at taking penalties. We don't know. I can hold um, Thundercat, Now that he's back, yeah. right? Could be one of those yeah, people. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But, but I just like to say, I, I'm not going to – like there's no – hindsight's twenty twenty. We can all sit here and be, mm-hmm. you know, um, armchair coaches and we would have done this this way. You know, you're – at the end of the day, percentage-wise, statistically-wise, pause – was a good choice. He just shit the bed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fair yeah. Enough. yeah. Fair enough. I, I think Thundercat, just, uh, thanks so much. Can, for I, your, can oh, I add sorry, just, just one thing Thundercat, about pause, so just because we're, we're on the yeah, pause yeah. Uh, train here. But, you know, now through, like, you know, it's the last year of his contract. Like, you know, a lot of us haven't been, uh, I'd say, I, I would say that a lot of us are not satisfied with, with his uh, performances, you know, we know that he ran into his, you know, he had his personal issues last year. The whole team was, you know, having a horrible time playing away from home. We get it, but maybe like, maybe pause is just not the guy for this system because, uh, you know, uh, Armas had, you know, that similar, he wanted a bit of a press, you know, similar with kind of the four, three, three. Like, I, I think just what's not helping too is pause is just not the type of player for these systems. And, you know, Bob's trying his best to kind of get him going in various ways. And, you know, the, the mass amounts of injuries over this past three games has definitely not helped. But just generally, he doesn't – he's never seemed comfortable in the system. He has the skill. Like, he has the skill to do certain things. I just – you know, he, he just might just not be long for this team anymore. He's just not, not right for the system. You know, it's just sometimes – it's time to move on from a player. And, and unfortunately, like as much as I like him, it just might be time to move on from him this year. Like, I think we just have him for this year. And then I don't think we bring him back. Like I, I, I can't see the type of, uh, the type of system that Bob wants to play. Um, and uh, pause um, really like succeeding here any longer. Fair enough. Okay, Seneca, I'm going to yeah. throw you back. Thank you very much audience. for your time. Thanks so much for your thought, man. I really appreciate you uh, participating today. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I tweeted out during the match um, that, you know, I know Alejandro Pozuelo uh, does not give you much in transition defending. I know this. 
I, I know that's not necessarily the point of him, but it's still frustrating to watch when literally, you know, in those last, you know, 10 minutes where they could, you know, Vancouver, we basically were playing a basketball game. It was, it felt like five V five up and down the pitch. Um, Pizuelo from a defensive perspective was giving you absolutely nothing. Like he was a net zero, uh, maybe even, you know, worse than that. Like it just, you know, and I get it. It's not the point of Alejandro Pozuelo, but I think there has to be some questions in regards to whether or not he comes back next year. I, I don't know where I land on that, to be perfectly honest. Um, Sean, I don't know where you land. I'm going to bring Emilio in, but I'd love to get your thoughts on Pozuelo and, and should he be potentially back next year? I'm not ready to 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 say yes or no yet, I, but I think it's a conversation that needs to start to happen because I, I think Thunder can't put it perfectly. Like, he may not be the right... like. We've seen moments this season where he's kind of, we've seen glimpses of the pause of the old, but more often than not, it looks like he is struggling a bit out there. And I think it it is a bit of a, it could be an issue, um, but he is going to be here for the season. I like that. He's, he definitely won't be gone anytime um, soon. So at least, at least in the um, summer window, they won't, they won't move him. But I think it would be something that, that the club will probably look think hard over re-signing him next year. Um, especially, like, you know, like, you can't... The way he's playing, he's, he, you can't bring him back, especially at the DP money. Right? Uh, first of all, regardless of, of, of... Even if you were to bring him back to me, you wouldn't want to bring him back at, at a DP contract. Um, but I think it would be something in the offseason, a conversation that they need to have. Absolutely. Emilio, uh, we've got you on. Uh, thanks for joining the uh, show. Go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts. So I'll go off of like the pause tale here. I'll say that when we brought him, and I think Sean did say it at the beginning of, uh, of him coming in before myself, was that we are seeing bits and pieces of him when he just came to the club. But at the same time, I don't see him getting any support from our players for him to continue and make the um, open open space passes there's no through balls like today without Osorio you can tell there was a there was a huge hole in the middle there was no space whatsoever in the field that we were actually making a decent play like I from what I got out of the game there was no urgency whatsoever not even to like even the last 15 minutes like it was just static and dry for me. I couldn't believe how nobody was pressuring. Nobody was running to the ball. Bradley for me was had to have been the worst player today because there was chances where all he had to do was step up to somebody from Vancouver and he just let him walk towards him. I'm like, you can't just let this team walk all over us like that for the entire game. There was no urgency, no pressure. I mean, I have to say it's probably the worst game I've seen this season so far, if anything. Okay. Uh, and, and that's a point, Emilio. Thanks. We're going to move people sort of in and out of speaking roles just simply because we have a lot of people who got thoughts on this game. Um, thanks for your thought, Emilio. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think for this particular uh, game, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I fully see what Emilio was seeing. Um, and Sean, you can, you can let me know. But uh, to me, I thought, you know, there wasn't a need to press so much just simply because Vancouver was letting TFC have the ball for long stretches of time and were willing to let them play on the counter or were willing to play on the counter, I should say. Um, and, and because of that, I think what you saw was 
kind of the vision of what Bob Bradley wants the team to eventually be, which is this team that can possess the ball and therefore break teams down um, with possession. Again, you don't have your first choice 11, and, and, and Emilio, you're 100% right. Obviously, when you don't have Jonathan Osorio in there in the midfield, you're going to miss something. Absolutely. Um, but I, again, I, I do think that, you know, DeAndre Kerr, again, kind of playing out of position in the midfield, did pretty well. You know, I thought, again, Kosey Thompson had a, a decent game uh, from that perspective as well. So I, I get what you're saying. I, I just, for me, I think it was a different type of game simply because this was a game where, we had an opposition who was willing to let us have the ball. What do you think, Sean? Um, yeah, I, like I, I, even when it comes to Michael Bradley, I actually think he actually played one of his better games in the sense of he wasn't as much of a li- liability with the ball. He wasn't turning the ball over. He actually kind of simplified it a little bit. So I f- kind of think the, the main reason he wasn't necessarily pushing forward too quickly was simply he wasn't a f- – didn't want to get beat right away because if he got beat, that opened up space behind it, right? So I think he was actually being a little bit more cautious defensively as to why he was doing what he was doing. Um, with that being said, I actually thought, you know, like you said, DeAndre Kerr and Jaden Nelson actually played well alongside Paz. I find I, I think Paz is a little just frustrated in, in, in his head because there's a few times where I just felt he was actually getting in, in other players' way. There was a time where him and him and A's, like, Jimenez had the ball and literally paused, just ran right into it and took the ball and then turned it over. And so, yeah, like I said, I, I think I saw things a little differently, um, but, you know, it's always just interpretation of how we all see the game. Yeah, and and, and uh, I'm going to bring Robbie in in a second, but um, I agree with you in that in, on that point that I think Alejandro Pozuelo right now um, is having a hard time with the system because there there are at times demands for him to be static, stay in position. Um, and, and he is not used to that. He wants to be free and he wants to move where he wants to move in order to find the game. Um, and, and that's what he was brought here to do. Uh, but I think with, with Bob Bradley asking him to be a little bit more structured, he feels it's stifling his game. Where I actually think, and I we saw it in the opener, right? In the second half of the opener, uh, a little bit in the DC game as well. When he does stick to position, when he does actually kind of do what he's asked to do um, and doesn't sort of go roaming off wherever he wants to roam off, he's a, he's way more effective, both offensively and in transition defending. Um, but... Again, because of injury, because of where the team is right now, I think he is being given a little bit more license than he probably, at least the, uh, probably what the plan was at the beginning of the season. And it's, you, you'll you have those moments where, yeah, he's running into players. But he did that with Kosey Thompson too um, during the game where he kind of, he and Kosey kind of collided when they both were kind of going for the same ball. Um, again, that is me- really frustrating to watch at times. Uh, Robbie, go ahead and meet yourself. Give us your thought now. 
Hey guys, uh, thanks for doing the show. Uh, Mike, uh, thank you for that cathartic moment because I, I probably would have wasted this mic request on going off on the same things you did. So thank you. Um, but it may put me into a positive space because it's like, well, one, I just have to say this, and this is a really small point, but Bono is a shot stopper and he keeps proving it to us. And I know his clown feet like throw us off, but the guy can shot stop, stop shots. So I'm going to say that, like, some love for Bono. He gets a lot of hate, some love for him. Um, but the other thing is, like, it's, it's and you pointed this out, it's really noticeable that this team has, like, a unified mindset. And, like, there was a really good close-up on the broadcast today, like, Pozuelo and Bradley interacting on the bench. Like, the team is centered around Bradley's vision, and that's a huge positive for our future. And it's really clear. The team, with all the young guns out there, came out organized. We looked good. It was our game to lose for the most part. I think Bradley, uh, Bob Bradley, the coach, did a great job. That Chung sub was was obvious. I mean, if, if you know anything about soccer, like, there was a lot of vulnerability there. So a huge positive. And then I think what I want to ask you guys is, man, and maybe it's because I'm a sucker for like, you know, flashy players, but Nelson is electric and he is in like the league's biggest signing spot. Like he has Insigne spot right now. And like, what, what do we, how do we use him when Insigne gets here? Because that would be a huge miss, although he'd be great off the bench. I mean, and we don't know who else we're going to get. How do we use Nelson? Because this guy is just, I'm impressed. Fair enough. Um, Sean, do you want to take that one? Um, because I have some thoughts on that too, but Sean, you may want to go for it. Robbie, I'm going to throw you back in the audience, by the way, because we have a few other uh, speakers that want to come on in. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Um, well, I think, you know, I, I, there's still a lot of question marks on, on Jade Nelson's game. I think we all see the potential. We all know what, like, there's moments where we're like, this kid, he can be – like he can really be a star in this league and, and potentially who knows after that, but it's consistency. You know, there's games where he tries too much. He tries to be too flashy, tries to be one guy too many today. We saw more of the simplified where he, he was focused in his role and what they, what was required of him. And he wasn't trying too hard. And I think like if, if he can reel that in and have that focus game in game out, the sky's the limit. There will be moments where we want him to be flashy. We want him to be selfish, to be attack-minded. But there's moments where we just need him to play his position, whether it be off of one of the other guys, whatever that may be. As for when Insignia gets here, I think one of the good things about these young players is they're a lot more adaptable positionally compared to some of the, the veterans, right? We, we noticed that already. These guys are being put all over the field. So I'd, I'm not too worried on, on finding somewhere for him to play if he's earned the spot. Absolutely. Um, and before I bring Ivan in, yeah, I, I, you know, it's the same thing with him. I noticed this with Kosi as well um, a, a bit. They're one super talented, right? You can, you can, you can see the talent oozing off these players. So they, they can play, they're ballers. They can play. The, the thing now is is they've got the physical attributes. It's now, and this is cliche, I'm not saying anything that's earth-shattering or anything, but like it's just it's just the mental side now. You know, how do how do you take all those gifts and really apply them and apply the football IQ uh, to it? And 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 that's what they're missing right now, really. And I think, you know, once Insigne comes, um, you know, what his role is going to be, 
Who I'm not sure. Um, most likely will be off the bench. They may play him off the right um, as well. Um, but, you know, uh, you can see in, at times in the game, they, they had moments, they beat guys, and then they kind of like, okay, now what do I do? Right? Like, it's kind of like, okay, I beat the guy. Now, now, now who do I find? Like, what do I do now? Um, and I think Jaden's getting a little bit better at that. I, I thought his uh, little sort of uh, scoop pass to Pozuelo that led to the penalty um, was was great, right? And that's 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 him playing more games, playing more minutes, gaining confidence to try things on the pitch. Um, there was a moment where Kosi had the ball, and it was kind of a three on three, maybe a three on two, and really he could have probably just kept dribbling and drived at the center back. But then at one point he kind of just slowed his dribble and tried to wait for everybody to to catch up with the play, and he got dispossessed. And that's going to come with him playing more minutes and understanding how he can affect the game. Um, so it, it really comes down to just the soccer IQ that these guys are going to develop as they play more matches. In terms of how they fit it with Insigne, um, who knows, right? Because he's going to come in, he's going to play on the left. You know, he may they may actually play him a little bit differently. They may actually try to play him almost in that Seba role where he's kind of off the main striker and, and really they play him as a second striker, which he can play. Um, it'll be interesting because once that comes in, you know, that may change the plans completely. But uh, I think it only helps uh, to have a player like Insigne there um, in terms of just seeing how that that football IQ matches with the physical talent that they have. Ivan, you've been waiting patiently. Thanks, man. Go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, give us your question and your thought. Hey, what's going on, boys? Not too much, man. How you doing? Uh, I got to touch on two things. I was going to stay away from the pause topic, but you, you wrote me in. So I'm going to touch on that, but also I want to talk about our system a little bit. So with pause, I think we're going to have, you know, a, a, a dilemma going forward, especially this season. Um, he, he's a DP, right? So with the DP in this league, I mean, they really have to carry whatever position they're playing, whether it's defense, forward, mid, or whatever it is. So do we really want to extend a guy in a DP role going forward if he can't carry his particular area, right? So now when Insignia comes in, I mean, I, I think we're going to see a whole different pause, but that's going to be because of Insignia, not because pause is holding up that DP status, right? And I'm really excited for him coming here. I mean, the thing we're struggling the most with right now, I think, is trans- transition, right? So many times you see Bradley get the ball, uh, he's lying deep, he takes one look up the field and almost gets tunnel vision or freezes up, doesn't know where to, where to go, uh, makes a horizontal pass. I mean, somebody tries to do something with it, ends up in a turnover or whatever it may be. And I don't know, I, I think Rob was the one that said that this team looks unified, which that might be the case mentally. Um, I think everyone's accepting kind of the transition we're in as a franchise. Um but on the field, I mean, it's a very broken up group right now. And, and rightfully so, right? I mean, there's, there's guys in and out. A very inconsistent lineup. There's kids playing in their first games. seems like every single game, at least one. Uh, so you know, system-wise, I mean, I'm really curious what, what we're going to be playing. You know, is it possession? You know, mid-block, low-block? Are, are they going to be attacking down the wings? Uh, we haven't really seen that yet, right? So that that's that's kind of I'm curious what your thoughts are there. I mean, what system are we actually trying to play right now? We heard possession. I mean, is it really possession? Kind of. Um, I don't know. What, what do you what do you see there? 
Yeah, great, uh, great points, Ivan. I, like, I think, I think you're right in the sense that, well, how, yeah, how can the team look fully unified in terms of on the pitch with the ball there? Because you've got you're chopping and changing your lineup every single week because of various injuries, et cetera. So, I do agree with that. I do think that right now. The idea, ideally, is to is be to be a possession team, to have the ball, put it on the floor, whether that is in a, a preferred four three three or some variation of that. Uh, that's, I think, what the plan is. Of course, when you don't have all the pieces that you want to make that happen, you have to improvise. And look, we we're not that as Toronto FC fans. I don't think we're that unfamiliar with that type of life. I mean, Greg Vanny for years didn't have a winger forever and he wanted a winger really badly. And now he's probably looking at, you know, from LA being like, well, now you've got all the wingers. What the hell? Right. But like, you know, he had to adapt the way that he ideally wanted to play because you essentially had two strikers that you had to play all the time. Right. When in Josie and Seba. So he made a system work with the pieces that he had. I think Bob Bradley is a bit differently different because he has a philosophy in how he wants his team to look and come hell or high water, he will make that system work. But I, I do think that the idea is to have the ball press in moments. So there will be triggers for this team to press and you see it sometimes they don't execute it very well. I will admit, but you know, there are, um, there are, you know, triggers for them to, to press and he does want that team to press a bit more, not like Chris Armas gigging pressing all the time. But I think you, you, you do see a team that has an idea. It's a shell of an idea, but um, there, there's something, there is something brewing there. I just think they need more pieces to really make it work. If that makes sense, Sean, I, I don't know if you, you're on the same line or think differently. Well, I think we've seen moments of of how of the possession base attack down the wing, press at moments, you know, especially earlier in the season when we kind of had a bit more of a healthier lineup or the quote unquote his ideal starting eleven. Um, but in the past few weeks, you know, it's been makeshift after makeshift. So you kind of are are hoping guys can pick it up and can adapt. And you're not necessarily, you know, necessarily playing your your favorite. A, you're not playing your favorite lineup, and B, you, maybe you have to adjust the formation of of how you want to play because you don't have the tools available, right? Um, and I agree with Ivan with regard to when it comes to you know DP contract and pause. You know, like after the season, to me, and that's just my opinion. You, if they do choose to bring him back, he cannot be on a DP. It has to be whatever else they want to do. That's fine. Just it can't be a DP. Um, and you will see an improved pause come in Signe because simply put, you know, teams are just going to have to have two players all, almost always on in Signe, and that's just going to open up the middle a little bit more. Um, and p- potentially could be also other signings that, that allow pause to kind of play, be more free. Um, and for anyone who's watching the Leaf game, we're down to nothing. Yeah, we didn't want to bring up all those L's, man. Come on, don't 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 depress us anymore. Actually, I'm not really a Leaf fan anyway, so um, I'm not going to go too far into that. Um, Ivan, yeah, to, to your Pozuelo point, and Jeff, I do see you here, so I'm going to bring you in in a second. Um, but for your Pozuelo point, I do find it hard to see him coming back. 
That said, you know, if he does play well under Insigne, maybe you can try to roll a, a, a one year or a one plus an option year um, if the connection between himself and Insigne is good, right? And, and you, you therefore then get the best out of him if he doesn't have to kind of be the man, you know? Um, it, I kind of look at it kind of like the NBA sometimes where, especially with DPs, uh, and it's weird because MLS is weird, but um, because you have this DP tag, they kind of end up being kind of like NBA players where they got your big three and then you kind of build your your core behind that. Um, and he doesn't have – and he's one of those guys who is a good player if he doesn't have to be the guy. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, I, again, I agree with Sean. I, I, I don't see how it works right now. Um, and I don't see how he fits going forward in terms of just – you know, he's not going to ever be a number eight, really. He's not definitely not a number six. He's a 10. He's a 10 that needs to roam and find space, like I said before. And that's not how Bob Bradley wants that kind of player to play. Um, so I, I don't really know how he fits. But right now, he's got to try to make him make it work with him in the lineup. Um, I mean, I'll give you the last thought here, and then I'm going to bring Jeff in. Yeah, so just to follow up on that. So, I mean, we're, what, 11 games in now? and. I think by 10 games, you'd kind of hope to see what Bob's vision is here. And I mean, I don't want to harp on Bob too much because because of what he has available to him. I mean, we would have hoped to know, okay, does he want to do three at the back? Um, is, is kind of what he sees with this team. Is it four at the back? Well, he couldn't really do that because of who he has. Well, we started with, I mean, just basically stop gaps for uh, fullbacks, right? So... I don't know how many more games it's going to take for us to know what Bob's system truly is. I don't think we've seen it yet. Oh, so we probably won't even see it until maybe next year, truthfully. Yeah, the summer yeah. the summer is going to open that up, right? So not even the summer. I think it's yeah. really the opportunity. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Who knows who we bring in, right? So that, that this is this has definitely been a transition year. We all know that we weren't expecting rainbows this year, that's for sure. Um, hopefully, some kids step up, and some already have. Uh, we'll take it from there, and and with pause, I, know, I really hope they don't make a mistake. If if T does phenomenal with Insignia, it's like oh, okay, here's another DP contract. But and who knows? I don't know. He did great with Piotti, and they had they had that partnership. I mean, Piotti wasn't necessarily DP, even though he wanted to be. Um, so maybe maybe it does work. I don't know. I, I could be wrong there. Uh, so there might be a DP contract for him there. There might. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. Ivan, uh, thanks so much, man. I'm going to just throw you back in the audience. Thanks for uh, participating in the show today. Um, I'll just throw you back in the audience. I'll bring Jeff in. Um, in terms of the uh, Pozuelo, this, this oddly became a – I thought we'd have more about the, the VAR thing, but this really turned into a Pozuelo session. Um, yeah, I, I think there, you know, you, there will have to be some questions about whether or not you keep them. Um, it's, for me – Right. I, I again, I'm I'm undecided, but I'm leaning towards no, uh, because I just don't see the fit. But again, like you said, Sean, I don't know we're going to fully see Bob Bradley's vision until 2023. And that's simply because he's trying to figure out out of all, especially with the young players, he's trying to figure out who sticks around and who's not really going to be part of the plans. Right. He's he's got this sort of mosaic right now. And he's trying to figure out, or sorry, this mosaic's probably not the right word, probably like puzzle, unfinished puzzle. And he's got all these pieces. And he's trying to figure out who fits and who doesn't. And 
Um, and, and that's kind of what this first half of the season has kind of been. He's he's experimenting. He's playing around. He's playing with three at the back, four at the back. You know, he's he's playing with pauses an eight as a ten. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at some point. You know, if if Jimenez cools down, cools down, maybe he kind of plays as a false nine again. Um, a lot of different uh, sort of iterations of this team in this first half until he starts really getting another window in to bring in the type of players he wants. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. I think like it's too early to tell. Um, and I will agree with you. If, if somebody were to ask me right now, if I had to make a decision, the answer is no. Um, but come at the, the off season, there's a lot more uh, tape to kind of give a fair answer. On. So we'll wait and see. Fair enough. All right, Jeff, uh, you're probably our last speaker of the show. Um, go ahead. I mean, yourself, give us your thoughts, man. Well, thanks. Uh, there's been so many great comments. I was kind of was going to pick up on a lot of the points that everyone said. But first off, I think we need to have this in a pub because we really need like a number of pints and a lot of hours to kind of work through. All oh, you don't want me. Those. You don't want me on three pints complaining <laughs> about bar, man. You do not. We definitely have to do that. Uh, so I got a couple points. First one, um, you know, we are in a teardown. This was a rebuild. Uh, same with the Raptors. Like everyone's expectations. Once we started, we won a couple of games against Sixers. You know, everyone's expectations go through the roof, but they're ahead of schedule. And I think, you know, given the performances, you have to say we're ahead of the schedule as well. I think, you know, uh, what's Bradley's, uh, Bob Bradley's vision. It, it, you guys just said it. it's not, fair to him until we get all the right pieces in place and we're, we're nowhere near there we're just getting started and the kids are getting experience you're going to bring some you know some stronger pieces and then hopefully that that plays out but I, I think you know um i think there's a there's a bit of pain coming before we get to uh, the promised land again there's no doubt um but today was a ripoff like we all know that we we that was stolen three points that was 100% a goal, and, you know, I, we've, we've talked about it earlier, so uh, I just mentioned it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight. Uh, the, two things I wanted to say was Shane O'Neill, amazing signing. He's a rock back there. You see him go into tackles with Bono, and, you know, he gets studs on the knee, gets right up. He's uh, he's taking a yellow card when he needs to. I, I just love this guy, and um, I think he's, he's uh, you know, under the radar signing for sure. And given the kind of leaky team that's in front of him, he's he's been amazing and uh, happy to have him on the squad. Uh, the other thing is, I'll just say about Pozuelo, I think you have people who are players that you can bring in at any time of the life cycle of the team. So like Michael Bradley in his prime, put him on any team and he makes the team better. He's going to drag people along with him. He's going to increase the chance of winning. But someone like Pozuelo... He's more like the last piece, just like Victor Vasquez. You drop Victor Vasquez in our team now, and we're going to be saying, what the hell this kind of signing was that? you got to drop him in at the right point. So you say Insigne's coming in, a couple more signings, and then you say, oh, well, Pazuelo's going to be better just because of that. But that's the type of guy he is. He needs space. He needs someone else to take all the attention. Like, you know, you got for, – for Vasquez – Everyone's focused on Jovinko. Everyone's focused on Altador. Now Vasquez can do whatever he wants. So if you get that situation for Vizuelo, he's an MVP type of player again. But we're just not at that point. So he's struggling. And it's it's painful to watch because he's definitely not carrying the team. But I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. 
Um, so, you know, hope hope that the the new players come in, open things up for him, and he starts to shine again. But it's uh, it's definitely been tough to watch. Yeah, Jeff. Um, hey, look, I think that I mean you kind of said it all there, right? Like, I think it's 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 tough to watch this team kind of in transition right now. We understand it's in transition. We know that you know you, you're kind of in this sort of position where you're you're going to cycle out a lot of older players. A lot of the, the senior players are going to start getting cycled out of this team. You know, we we thought this off season was you know an eye opener with the amount of senior players that ended up sort of being jettisoned from the team. I think it continues um, in, in, in this coming off season. And really, I think for the plan, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to skew younger, uh, much younger than we're used to. So we're going to live and die a little bit off, uh, off some of these young players and that's okay. Um, I, I think that that's fine in terms of Insigne coming in and making Pozuelo better. Again, I've kind of given my thoughts on this, but you know, again, even if he does, you still, I still think you have to look at it as what can he provide us from a holistic point of view, right? Like, does he really, in the long term, make us a better team, or is there someone out there, whether it's academy or whether it's somebody you can sign, that can do that job? Not maybe not to the Pazuelo level; that's going to be hard to replace, but you may have to find somebody who's a little bit better as a two-way player um, because I think that's that sometimes hurts the team. If he's a net zero uh, in transition defending, it does leave this team really, really open um, uh, in transition. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, great points there, but I, I, I just have some – got some questions around that. But, I look, again – we're, I think we're all going to have to be on this sort of ride together this year, um, you know, watching where this team goes and, and sort of what the, what the next move is going to be. Because really it is going to be about where is the next domino falling and how is that going to progress the team in terms of this, again, this sort of vision Bradley that we, that we hope we're going to see somewhat soon. Um, Jeff, I'm, I'm going to throw you back in the audience here. Thanks so much for participating, man. Um, maybe we'll do a live show at some point um, in person. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Let, let's see. Um, all right, Jeff. Thanks so much, as always, for participating in the show. Um, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up. We've been going here for a little over an hour. Um, but, Sean, look, I, I think, I think we can, it's safe to say from a lot of people in the comments, you know, um, this, was a, this was a game where this team did not deserve an L. A lot of frustration. And look, when you lose four in a row, there's always going to be frustration, whether it's about the play or about a VAR call or, you know, Pozuelo rolling a bad penalty or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I, I am, uh, again, I'm somebody who does take some, po try to find positives in, in some situations. And here's the positive I'll take out of this. I, I do think that Toronto FC... Oddly enough, even with four in a row lost, sometimes looking jagged um, as a team, um, are moving in the right direction. It may just not go as quickly as we want. Um, I think every, look, everybody wants this team to be a playoff team again. Everybody wants this team to get to the heights that we know it can get to. But it's going to take some time and a bit probably longer than we want it to, to go. 
Um, but I, I think if you stick to the plan, and this was a problem with TFC prior to the Greg Vanny era, right? We just never stuck to a plan. And I think we need to stick to this plan because the young players that are coming through right now can play. It's about now finding enough support from a senior player level to help them along and get better as professionals. Um, and, and right now it's looking pretty bad because they're all having to play all at the same time. And we're asking them to do a lot um, when most of them are either making their debuts or this is, you know, the first significant minutes they have ever gotten in their careers. So it, it's a lot. Um, but I think from that perspective, Toronto FC is moving in the right direction. Results-wise, we've lost four in a row, and it's it's bad. But, um, you know, I think that from where, where this team is set up to go in 2023 and beyond, I think you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I don't think uh, I can say it any better than that. Um, you know, today was a tough one to, to swallow, um, especially since, you know, or how we ha- how we lost it. Um, it's, it, it, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, we've had some VRs helped us earlier in the season, but I guess it's come back to bite us in the ass. So, um you know what, we got to hope that next week we have some more healthy legs because, um, you know, Jeff made a good point. O'Neal has been an excellent signing, but he's also played way more than we probably want him to play. Oh, so he's played we, more than they planned, for sure. He was not supposed to come in and be starting every week. Um, but he's done, you know what, like I said, he's done a, a, a heroic effort week in, week out. Um, so... Like I said, it'd be nice if we can get some healthy legs just so we can give him a break. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of ups and downs this year and probably a lot more downs than ups. Uh, and it's going to be tough, but we just got to have to ride it out. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's sort of, before we wrap it up uh, this week, uh, we'll throw it to uh, a couple of things happening throughout the week. One, uh, Sean and I will be back on the House on Lakeshore podcast. Our recording uh, tomorrow. Um, uh, we have a special guest, and Katie Diggs is joining us uh, to talk a little bit about the start of the NWSL season um, and a bit about the Challenge Cup, which is which is fun. Um, and I'm really you know, looking forward to that conversation on the House on Lakeshore pod. Hope to have that dropped uh, for you on Tuesday. Um, the Canadian Championship is back. Uh, so, you know, obviously TFC uh, gets a, a buy, uh, again, uh, in, in the first round, but, um, you know, for those who are here in Ontario, uh, so I know some of you are heading out to Guelph to watch Guelph, uh, take on, uh, HFX Wanderers. Um, but yeah, if you can check out, uh, the first round of the Canadian championship, uh, and obviously that, uh, Guelph Halifax game will determine who TFC play in the next round. It will be a, a road game. So either we're going to Guelph or we're taking a flight to uh, Halifax uh, to play the Wanderers uh, in the next round of the Cup. Uh, and then TFC are back in action next Saturday at Bebo Field against Orlando. Uh, I think it's a 4, 4 p.m. kickoff, I think, um, on, uh, on Saturday. Uh, no, I think it's actually 3 o'clock. Ah, okay, it's a 3 o'clock kickoff? Okay. Um, so, yeah, 3 o'clock kickoff uh, at BMO. Uh, you know, again, Orlando's kind of had an up and down uh, a start, sort of had a good start to the season that's been up and down uh, in terms of the form chart. 
Um, I think they lost to Montreal this past weekend, I believe. Um, I haven't actually been paying that much attention to the other MLS games as I normally would. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it's uh, it's a chance to bounce back. We'll see what the injury p- report is like uh, this week because I saw O'Neill was feeling his thigh at some point. Um, I, I you know I know that uh, they were already <laughs> yeah they're already a uh, stack. Or hopefully Salcedo will be out of health protocols, uh, which means he got COVID. Uh, so hopefully he's back uh, in the lineup, and then hopefully we can get a few of the senior teamers back in the uh, in the in the eighteen uh, for the match on Saturday. Uh, Sean, any last words before we uh, head out for uh, the Sunday? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. But yeah, definitely, you know, I encourage people to to even if you can't get out to the game in Guelph or the game in I think there's also a game out in. Oof. Where's Forge's game? Is it in Hamilton? Uh, it is in Hamilton. And, uh, yeah, Forge yeah. in Hamilton, and then York yeah. is playing Ottawa in Ottawa. Yeah, so there's Forge. Three, three games in the in Ontario, yeah. two in the GTA. So, you know, or outside of the GTA. But, you know, definitely try to catch it live if you can or on, t- on I guess, One Soccer or wherever else you can stream it. But um, definitely it's going to be some exciting games this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the Forge game is at Tim Hortons Field against Outremont uh, in, in the first round, which will be interesting. It would be good to to see uh, the uh, the Quebec champions, um, you know, get get this draw against uh, a Forge. I think that will be an interesting one to watch. I will be there uh, Wednesday night for that match. Uh, but yeah, uh, get out in in support uh, or get out and support some local soccer. Watch uh, some uh, Canadian Championship if you can, uh, wherever you are. Uh, if you can. Um, on behalf of Sean, uh, my name is Mike Newell. You can follow Sean at uh, CDN Footy. Uh, you can follow me at Football Saves. Uh, this is the Tunnel Club Post Game Reaction Show. Uh, VAR screwed us this week as Toronto FC lose 1-0 to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, have a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas out there. Um, hopefully, uh, you got to see your mom today or at least got a call in uh, to your mom if, if that's uh, possible. Uh, and we will talk to you next week um, uh, after the Orlando match, uh, or the day after the Orlando match. We'll do the day after show on Sunday. Uh, take care, everybody. Have a great Sunday. All right. Take care. <laughs>